people have this idea that Hinduism is a polytheistic religion. It's probably because Hindus worship God in various forms and also the fact that there are a number of school of thoughts um, in Hinduism. But in almost all these schools of thoughts and almost in all its entirety, you'll find the concept of Brahman, the one supreme God, and that's central to Hindu philosophy. Some of you might be aware that Hindus have Vedas as their central scriptures. Vedas literally translate to knowledge, so they remain the foundational texts. And then you have hundreds of Upanishads. They're also sometimes referred to as Vedanta, which means the end of Vedas or the final chapter, chapters of Vedas. As I said, there are hundreds and hundreds of them. Currently, we focus on 108 texts, but even in them, we focus on certain 10 or 15 major texts. And one of them, the shortest one, the shortest of all Upanishads, is what I'm going to talk about today. It's called Mandukya Upanishad. Mandukya Upanishad is probably the shortest text you'll ever come across. It only has 12 verses or shlokas as we say in Sanskrit. But it still remains quite abstract and one of the most complicated texts to understand. So I'm going to try, try to make some sense of it. But I think it remains a very difficult task to even attempt that. First of all, uh, we must understand that there are multiple approaches in Hinduism to lead a spiritual life. One of them is through a typical way of religion that is through devotion. Uh, that is how many religions function. But that that is just one way according to Hinduism. Then there is the karma yoga which focuses on your actions and the things you do the, the kind of yoga you get indulged in these days the meditation techniques that is through your body and your mind you work on yourself to attain a spiritual life and similarly there is the concept of intellectual life you attain knowledge you pursue philosophy and then you seek truth and that is how you try to understand yourself try to understand the spiritual context of this universe so that is just another path so mandukya upanishad like many other upanishads focuses on that rational approach that philosophy through knowledge also known as jnana yoga through knowledge, we try to seek the truth, the spiritual truth, the essence of human nature or the universe. So there are only 12 verses, but these verses deal with probably the most complex subject that we have. And that is of consciousness and the states of consciousness. 
if you see around today uh, you study any kind of subject you would notice that conscious consciousness remains the most complicated subject it is something that science philosophy whichever subject you take whichever branch of knowledge you consider it's very hard to grasp what exactly it is and what do we mean by different states of consciousness so let me describe the four states of consciousness which mandukya upanishad recommends first one is very simple it talks about the waking state in which most of us live almost uh, all throughout our days we interact with the worldly things the physical objects the material around us this is the material in universe we use our senses to interact with it and we are consciously aware of everything that is happening but that is just one state of consciousness the second state they talk about is that of dream state and dream state uh, it says it's quite an impression of the physical world the real world that we see around us and, and notice that when you are in a dream state you don't really need the physical objects it's your mind working you're getting the same sensations in your brain you're having very similar experience as you would have in real life but it's it's just the projection of your mind so you are while in the conscious state or the waking state you're looking outward in this state you are looking inward and then you go to the third state which is the deep sleep state so they describe it as deep sleep may not always mean that you're sleeping what they mean to say here is it's neither the waking state nor the dream state both these things are detached and you are in a perfect sleep where there is no impression of reality on your mind and then you are in a perfect blissful state and that is when you achieve some kind of spiritual progress and but that is not all um, to make it more complicated um in the third state you still have this the self which is separate from the world in the fourth state that self disappears and you're talking about everything being one the brahman probably the supreme god as they refer but um uh, it's not theistic in that sense that it doesn't have to be god but what they are trying to suggest here is it's just one the universe is just one and it's represented through the sound of om notice that in the sound om if you write it as a u m there are three sounds you get first is a and the second is u and third is m or m so in these through these sounds they try to represent the whole waking state and whole of the universe so what is suggested here is that 
ओम द साउंड कंटेन्स द इंटायर यूनिवर्स एंड बियॉन्ड एवरीथिंग दैट कैन एग्जिस्ट और एवरीथिंग दैट मे नॉट एग्जिस्ट द एग्जिस्टेंस नॉन एग्जिस्टेंस एवरीथिंग इज देयर इन ओम एंड इट इज द सुप्रीम थिंग इट इज एवरीथिंग इट इज नथिंग ऑल्सो बट इट इज इट इज वट यू कैन इमेजिन इन द इंटायरिटी so uh, as i said these three sounds they represent the three conscious states as i talked about first was the waking state which was a sound and the next was dream state which was o sound and then m sound or m sound that represents the spiritual deep sleep state but then they say there is a pause after om so when you say om notice the pause after that that is the fourth state that is the silence that is everything and nothing at once that completes all four states so this is what they are talking about when they are talking about the conscious states of human beings and at the same time talking about the universe so this contains on one hand the consciousness and the on the other hand the universe in its entirety space and time and past and future and present everything at once its own we'll explore this philosophy and upanishads further in the further next episodes i hope you would have learned something new so uh, you can try reading these texts it would be helpful if you read some kind of commentary along with that otherwise it becomes quite a challenge to understand the context uh, just reading the literal translation might not help if you are not familiar with the background of upanishads but otherwise uh, it's a very interesting philosophical concept that you would find in this particular upanishad and many others this one is of particular importance because uh, as has been mentioned by many scholars and in fact in many other upanishads that this contains the central theme or the central idea of all the upanishads so it's very important in that sense and i hope when you read this you would have a good time thank you